young rebels hitting the road and you're not gonna you're not gonna break even <laughs> i don't like to punch stuff in blah, 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 blah. every other every other second i'm like oh god i don't do nothing stupid don't fucking trip over nothing don't you know i mean we were in the car for seven hours today really all you can ask for and if you like it keep keep doing it and, and it gets better every year Hey guys, welcome to In the Springs, episode number 69. You can insert your junior high 69 joke here. I'm your host, Ryan Lowry. Thank you for tuning in. On today's show, I catch up with Joey Harkham, lead singer and guitarist for the band Pasadena. This episode was recorded at the Black Sheep right here in Colorado Springs on October 23rd before Pasadena's headlining set. So without further ado, please sit back and enjoy because musician Joey Harkham is in the springs. All right. So we are doing this thing, Joey. All right, live. Joey Harkham <laughs> from Pasadena here in Colorado Springs, man. How's it going? Pretty good. good. We're, uh, we're at the Black Sheep, so we must be doing something right. Nice. It's going good. <laughs> when I was looking at your schedule, and you guys are, you're no fooling, man. It's going right now. Yeah, we, we're, um, we're actually on our second week of tour. Uh, we, we have a nationwide tour with Bumpin' Uglies right now, but um, we weren't, Florida wasn't on the list, so. We decided it'd be a good idea to go down to Florida and back before we left with them. Nice. So. And then this is supporting uh, uh, Hurricane, your, yep, your yep. latest Yeah, we got effort. a new album out, and this is the first national since we had it out. And um, Yeah, we're really proud of it, trying to get it get into people's hands. I think it's kind of like a coming-of-age album for us. So, excited. And how's the response been so far? I know when you... You know, put a new baby out into the world. There's, I'm sure, some nerves with that. And 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 how 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 are your fans taking it? Uh, kind of as expected. Like people love it, but then there's you know a lot of people that miss some of the older stuff. You know, the older style, and uh, hasn't really changed. We we put a couple older songs on there that that were never professionally recorded, but um, it's been overall pretty positive. Yeah. Yeah. People like it. Well, the one thing I noticed going through your catalog is is Hurricane, it, it feels like a much more intimate, kind of scaled-down project. Is that fair enough? Or, I mean, how would yeah, you describe it? Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah, we, the band has gotten a little smaller. The more, the more we tour, <laughs> the more people uh, leave. So, yeah. <laughs> Nothing personal. Yeah, it's just, you know, not everybody's cut out for it. And, yeah. And we're getting we're getting old, a little older now, so I think it's kind of the the folk kind of songwriter aspect of it is a little more prominent than the hip hop or the reggae, you know. Um, which isn't a bad thing. It's just more of like a more of a to me. It seems more like a yeah, like a coming of age, like something you could sit around and and listen to, not necessarily something you'd want to skate to, or I mean, you could, but you know, or like you know, you would some of the old stuff's like kind of in your face and, and uh you know we were young so we were like you know young rebels hitting the road and this is more like traveling songs songs about getting older kind of went from like macro to micro yeah. as far as like you know struggles of of the of the american 
people. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, did that uh, transformation, does that kind of surprise you? Like when you look back at some of your earlier work, because um, some Nowhere Fast, you know, the tracks on that are kind of compressed, up, up-tempo, uh, or, or, you know, they, they seem a little bit more up-tempo maybe than, than, than Hurricane. Does that surprise you to kind of see that, that change in the band or... No, especially now that it's just, a, it's like, you know, right now it's a four-piece, but the band throughout our history has always changed and had new members. And um, I think it's just, you know, we're kind of like going full circle, and this is just one of the steps to, you know, to get it back. Yeah. And um, I think when we get home, we're going to actually look for another horn player. It's just... Those guys are expensive, man. <laughs> and you got to find one that has his heart in it, or you're not, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna break even. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so how has life on the road changed? You know, since you guys started in in 2000. I mean, you know, what do you do in your your free time, and how do you stay sane on the sane on the road? And and certainly, what do you still enjoy about that aspect of 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 Pasadena? We do a lot of sightseeing. Yeah. We're not, you know. A, a lot of guys will kind of get to whatever town, you know, find find Wi-Fi, you know, and, and kind of rest. But half the time, instead of getting extra sleep when we should, we'll go, like last time we went to uh, Yosemite, you know, and or um, we always find a national park or something to go to, see something along the way. We're, we're really big on on making making the adventure, you know, like we love, we love going to different towns, meeting new people, playing. But it makes no sense to ride right by the Grand Canyon right. and not stop. <laughs> we've been to the Grand Canyon three times. I think we've been, we've been to Niagara Falls ten times. Right. Uh, yeah. Last time we went to Yosemite. What did we do? The other time I forget. We always we always pick something though. Yeah. We did reggae in the hills last year, and it was up by Yosemite. So we had an extra day, and we were. We were going to camp in Yosemite. It was going to be awesome. And we camped at Reggie in the Hills for two days. And then by the time we got to Yosemite, we were like, let's get a hotel at Yosemite instead. <laughs> Need a shower like, in the bed. Yeah. We're dirty. Like, our, our girlfriends were there. And, <laughs> right, you know, right. They're like, we're not sleeping outside again. Now, in addition to doing the, the live sets, do you guys work on the road as far as, you know, brainstorming new material and, and kind of jamming out new stuff? Or how, how does yeah, that fit a lot into of the, it? Yeah, a lot of new songs end up, you know, becoming full songs on the road we're actually we've been doing a new one every night that's not done yet yeah we kind of just you know, had a little riff and a little verse and i showed the guys I'm like man it's really good and everybody liked it and then you know i, f- I feel like the the good songs in the band are the ones that just kind of pop flow in everybody's like oh yeah i feel that you know and yeah that got a little lead and aaron's bass was right right on with it so we've been doing a new song that gets a little longer every time and I'm pretty sure it'll be done by the time we get home. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you guys look that far out as far as when we get back home and get settled in, right back into the studio? I mean, do you have that type of mindset, or is that just sort of an organic thing that you guys feel that it's time to start recording? We, you know, we always try to, but with us, we're we're more inclined to go on tour than stay home for a month and record. So, especially with Hurricane, was actually recorded uh, a year ago. And when we recorded it, we got we went on tour right after we recorded it. The plan was to put it out when we got home. And then we got a good tour opportunity right when we got home from that tour to go on a nationwide tour with a, with a 
awesome band. And uh, so then that was another two months where we didn't do it. And then after that, we got uh, we had a we got booked on a trip down to the Virgin Islands to play all these beach bars. And then by the time we got home, we're like, man, we really got to put that album out. <laughs> and uh, so we, we always mean to, but we're always writing. I'm, I do a lot of a lot of the songs will be acoustic at first, and I'll put them up on. Um, there's a couple of YouTube channels that we go through, like yeah, Free yeah. State Workshops one, and um, the band has a YouTube uh, page, and I'll I'll put acoustic videos up and stuff, and not necessarily get the feelers out, but if if I put it up the song, and people are like, oh man, that'd be a great band song, yeah, you know, it's like all right, well let's get on it. I mean, do you enjoy the recording process? Because I did watch some of the clips live on online. Um, the one in particular that I really liked was uh, where you were on stage at Red Rocks doing the acoustic. Yeah, that was amazing. That was um, that was so cool. We that was our third attempt to get down there and check it out too. Because you know, every obviously every band doesn't get to play Red Rocks, but every band goes there and right. sits on the stage and plays you know a song. It's or, like going to the Vatican, or at least yeah, yeah, <laughs> or like at least checks out the echo or the acoustics. You know, yells up to the top. Yeah. And uh, the first time we went. There was a show and we couldn't get in, so I think we just climbed up the mountain and kind of looked into it. <laughs> yeah. And then second time there was like a crime scene there. Nas played and something happened that night. Holy cow. The night before, like something happened. It was a crime scene with um I don't know, one of the one of the fans at the end of the night did something. I don't know, but it was a crime scene. And uh, we pulled up with our van and our trailer. And obviously there's a show that night, so they're letting crew in. Right. And we get up, and, they, and they, there's a cop at the at the entrance there, and he says, uh, oh, nobody can go in. It's a crime scene right now. So we go turn around. We're bummed out because we went out of our way to get there. Right. You can't really call ahead, <laughs> you know. And um, and as we're turning around, he stops the van again. He says, oh, if you're in the band, you can go right in. It's okay. And we're way too honest, but we, for a second we, we pause. We're like, shit we're not in the band we're just a band we're not the band playing oh that's great <laughs> but for a second we all looked at it like should we lie no. you guys could be onto something there <laughs> oh we thought about it. we thought about just showing up places with our gear and be like what there's some, you double booked right who's gonna turn you away but, I mean, but as <laughs> probably far as, a lot of people but. i mean just sort of that like the energy that you've got with a lot of the live clips that you guys uh, have posted online is that challenging or is that something you're conscious of when you're in the studio trying to capture that sound and how that's going to translate live i mean we does are that... we are a live band first exactly i know. think that was kind of yeah. my point absolutely a live band first and we don't do a lot of production with our recordings which <clears throat> sometimes i i'll listen to our recordings and i'll be like man we should have like went all out or you know or like got put some bells and whistles on it or something but then we get to shows and we play for these people who've never seen us before and the first thing they say is say you sound exactly like you do on the record and that's awesome because yeah. we go see bands all the time and the record's amazing and they show up and they play and it's just not anywhere near right what right. it sounds like on the recording so i mean if i had it my way we'd put out live albums all the time yeah honestly i hate click tracks i'm like simple man i don't like any bells and whistles but that's just me. Now, are you a, a perfectionist in that way? Like when you are in the studio or is it like, look, man, I'm going to, I'm going to rip through this and that's what's going, going on. I, I'm not a, a perfectionist, but I do like to, I don't like to punch stuff in as far as vocals. Gotcha. So, um, 
on the new record, Be Still, the song Be Still, I usually do everything in one take. And Be Still is really wordy. It's like, it's like a hip hop song. So yeah. Like blah, 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 blah. And um, it took me a few, it probably took me five takes to get it because I was like, I don't want to punch it in. Like, I hate punching shit so in. So you just go A, a to Z mm -hmm. five, five yeah, times. I like, I don't like, I don't like kind of, you know, if, if, you, if you can beat it, you can beat it, but just beat the whole thing. I don't like punching stuff in, but it's just like a little thing of mine. It's nothing wrong with doing it. Guys, sure, I mean, sure. everybody does it. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But that's just my one little weird thing that I like to do. Yeah. <laughs> now, I noticed on the, uh, like on your Facebook page, you guys uh, describe it as folky reggae with an Irish twist. Mm -hmm. at, at what point did it feel like the band Pasadena had a sound? Does that question make sense? Like... The identity um, of Pasadena. How did that come to be that this is who we are? I really don't know, honestly. And the thing is... Like, what did you grow up listening to when you were, when you were young? Um, well, my, my dad... My dad plays... Play, you know, he doesn't, like, play out or anything anymore. But um, and my grandfather... My grandfather's Irish, so he plays all the Irish tunes. My dad's big. Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Credence... Um, he loves like old classic rock too, you know, just kind of all over the place. But yeah. um, so that was part Peter of the Frampton. stew that got into. So yeah, so and then when I was younger, you know, of course, I used to go to Warp Taurus. It was like, you know, Green Day, Anti Flag, um, Operation Ivy. Uh, then I found you know, Sublime reggae music, and so it's just like a mix of all that stuff and. And I've always played acoustic guitar, so when we got the band together, I just never upgraded or whatever. You know, I never, like, went electric. So everything still keeps that kind of folky tone to it. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, a, I'm, like a, I'm a folk singer at heart anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely get that vibe from you for, yeah, sure. for sure. Now, you've got some, some solo projects out as well, yeah? I have one acoustic album. That's getting pretty old now. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, I would like to do more, but I, I do a lot of videos. Um, but usually any, it's hard for me to do acoustic albums because I do play, like I play, you know, I've done acoustic tours and, and I do, um, I actually have a bunch of good solo gigs coming up when I get home. Just had a, friends are coming into town playing good venues and they want me to play with them. It's not all for my merit or anything, but... Uh, <laughs> But usually, if I have a song, and it's a acoustic song, it ends up being a band song. So. I was just going to ask you if there was a line between... You can usually find both versions on the internet. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Of any song, yeah. So now, when you guys were just getting started in, in 2000, what was... You know, who were your your heroes? And, and, and what were the bands that you wanted to kind of emulate, either artistically or just professionally and work ethic and that sort of thing? Do you guys have, you know, anybody you could point to that said, you know, we really admire what they've done and how they continue to do it, that's kind of the template we want to we wanna follow. Um, well, I tell you what, man. Uh, my first warp Tour was Flag of Molly's first warp Tour. And I fell in love with him. And I've been listening to him since I was, I mean, 13 years old. 14 years old. And they were always one of my... I mean, I had their... I had... Um, I had, like, a, I had Swagger and... Uh, the live behind the green door album on like mixed tape, like tape deck, you know? Yeah. And, uh, 
So I always love what they did and the energy they have. And, uh, you know, the first show I ever seen at 930 Club in D.C. was Flogging Molly. It's like awesome, you know. So they were always something. And then we actually got to tour with them. And it was like a dream come true. I was so nervous I couldn't even enjoy it, you know, but it was like amazing. Yeah. So definitely them. And then local guys, you know, Jimmy's Chicken Shacks from where we were from. And they did it, you know. They, they like music videos they did they played conan they toured with big bands like you know we played a festival and i'm standing next to jimmy and citizen cope walking by he's talking to us and he's talking to me and jimmy comes by and and he goes to jimmy he says, oh you cut your dreads they probably haven't seen each other in like eight years or something yeah it's like man it's fucking awesome <laughs> citizen cope like recognizes you from all that time you know yeah, it's yeah. just and and um yeah so jimmy Jimmy Chicken Shack, Jimmy Davies. Um, uh, actually, when we started touring, uh, Ballyhoo, who plays here pretty frequently, they're from where we're from too, and they were touring probably five, four or five years before we started touring. So, if I ever have a question about anything, I call Howie. Yeah. Which is is kind of nice to have somebody who's you know knows kind of knows there, what to do. That. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, and it, I continue to do that, like, um, and he, you know, they got us our first show in Philly, our first show in Myrtle Beach, Ballyhoo got us, and, and we don't play with them often, but that just goes to show how cool these touring bands, you know, are, you know, they'll, they will help you yeah. for no reason. They're good people, you Right, know? right. So. I mean, I think a lot of folks, maybe from the outside looking in, don't really recognize that camaraderie among bands yeah it's crazy and, you know where they are willing to you know take that phone call and give you some advice mm-hmm. or give you a, a lead on a club or whatever it might be <laughs> yeah. so going back to the the flogging molly uh, story the opportunity for you to to tour with them what was that transition like for you from being a fan on the other side of the barricade to being backstage it was terrifying <laughs> absolutely terrifying but the good thing was we played we played a festival at home with um, Flag of Molly was one of the headliners, and um, Clutch is also from around where we're from. They were uh, co-headlining, and we are good friends with uh, with their drum tech, who is now the drummer in Lion Eyes. Chase. Oh, nice! So we're Clutch and Flag of Molly are sharing a dressing room, so we're back there drinking their booze, you know, and like hanging out. We're like, oh, we're cool. We're hanging out with the big band, and uh, and. Nathan Maxwell, the bass player flogging my, happened to be walking by during our set, and and I saw him, and um, and I automatically just I was like, I fucking love your band, dude, love your band, and um, that's how we met, and and he's, I mean, anybody in the entire country, if you talk about Nathan Maxwell to them, they're like, oh my god, he's the he's the coolest dude ever, he's just so nice, so kind, and uh, so we exchanged emails and um. And then he got us on a couple shows, like Norva in Virginia Beach, Stage AE in um, Pittsburgh. And we did a, a show in Maryland with him. And, you know, it was only a couple shows, so we didn't really get to meet him or anything. And, um, and then down the line, he, he, submitted us, he submitted us for that cruise they do, the first one. And we didn't get it, and I kind of thought that was going to be it. I was like, oh, man, it's like, that's it. That was, but it was awesome, you know, so I was like... That's so cool. I just wish I wish we would have got that. And then, then uh, we I forget how it happened, but we were just stayed in contact and emailed with their guy. And and I bugged I bugged Nathan way too much anyway. But uh, they were doing like a 
winter tour and we got to open a spot. It was awesome, man. It was like fucking cool shit. Big, beautiful theaters and Dave King's birthday was on one night of the tour, so everybody walked up with a cake. Oh you my know, God. like and they're just the nicest guys. We even had like a night off in uh Ogden, Utah and a bunch of the guys from the band came over to our little show, you know, and then the guy on the bars, Irish dude, Love Fog Molly, locked us in at last call. He sat there and drank Jameson until nice. way too late. That was just, it was awesome. I was just so nervous, though. Like, for me, that Dave King is like Johnny Cash to me. Gotcha. You know, so it's like, it's like standing around in a room with Johnny Cash. Like, what the fuck do you say to Dave King? Right, you right. Know? I mean, so as a band, did that was that kind of a reality check? Like, you know, we we can hang with these guys. <clears throat> I, I learned mean, I learned so much, so much. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's I, so much even beyond just <clears throat> the performance aspect of it. Just the being a band and being on the road, that type of thing as well. Just with you know, with the bigger rooms, and the load ins are different. You know, the the procedures are different, um, and just seeing how those guys operate. Yeah just really cool man and i i mean i hope we get the opportunity to do something like that again yeah but um yeah it was a learning experience but it was i was so nervous the whole time like <laughs> i tell you i probably enjoyed maybe a quarter of it <laughs> every other every other second i'm like oh god i don't do nothing stupid don't fucking trip over nothing don't you know go back over somebody's guitar <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was cool, man. Well, kind of along those same lines, and this might be kind of a weird question, but you know, having done this, being a professional musician for over a decade now, can you still enjoy music, and can you still enjoy a concert, or do you look at it differently, kind of knowing you know what goes on to create music? Oh no, I I love concerts, but I never get to go to them anymore because I'm yeah. always playing. I do it full time, so even during the week, I'm playing in pubs, you know, at home and. Um, very seldomly do I get to go to a show, but when I do, I appreciate it more, I think, because I know that those guys got there at, like, 3 in the afternoon, and, you know, they got a, they got a tour bus with a, with a truck and a trailer following it, and, you know, I just, it's just so much work to get those big production shows in order. Yeah. And um, I don't know, man. I, just, I love going to shows even more now because it's like, it's like if you get something all the time. Right. I'm, the, I'm usually not at a show so when i do get to go i'm like man this is awesome yeah <laughs> i mean kind of having said that and knowing you know like you said this is a, a tough business to be in you know what what keeps you going i mean what you know i think there are probably opportunities for every band along the road where it's like this is just too much i, I love making music but everything that goes with it is too much so what you know what is your motivation and incentive to to keep going you know here in colorado springs you know 1500 miles away from home and um, you gotta love it. I love it. Yeah. I love playing music. Love playing music, and and I love meeting people. And I love you know when people let us know that that our music helps them. You know we we play we play pretty blue collar music, so it's, there's no big deep hidden meaning in anything. It's real life situations. You know, it's something that was therapy for me at some point yeah. that someone else can relate to, and and. Um, yeah, just love it. You know, you can't do it if you don't love it. You can't, it's, it's miserable most of the time. I mean, we were in the car for seven hours today. Right. Nine people in yeah. a van for seven hours. <laughs> Through Kansas. Yeah. You know, and the, 
that's just the bottom line that we keep and you know that's why you see when you see bands when you're like oh man they were just starting to make it and then they broke up yeah this because you know some some guys will be like oh man same for me and you don't know that until it's too late yeah you know but um we're we're holding strong man we've we've had every band member quit in our band but me and the bass player aaron and um we keep finding new great people that are that are willing to to come along and and be a part of what we're doing so nice now whether you realize it or not i suspect that pasadena is somebody's flogging molly where there's bands out there now that are looking up to you and admire what you do and would be nervous as hell to to share the stage with you what what advice would you pass along like what pearls of wisdom would you be able to to impart on somebody that's going to be as giddy as you were with flogging molly when they meet you they'll be like holy shit that's joey (laughs) i don't know man i don't know honestly i think i think you just have to it's just an experience game and just don't quit you know like play play every gig you can and you know when when things seem like it's not going to work you can always make it work there's always a way to make it work if you want it hard enough and you know we're not by any means a big band but you know we tour the whole country we we make a very very modest living off of doing this which is all you can ask for you know it's really all you can ask for and if you love it keep keep doing it and and it gets better every year i was um i played on a boat with brett denon and uh he was super nice. I love him too. He's one of my favorite, 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 favorite artists. And <clears throat> and I was sitting there drinking tequila. I don't know why, but we were drinking tequila. Everybody was drinking tequila. I don't even like tequila. <laughs> and uh, we got to, we were just talking, chatting, and I I just asked him a little bit of advice about getting to the next step. And he said, uh, he said, the hardest part's over. You did it. All you do is keep doing what you're doing. Because if you're already touring the country and you're already living off of it, then it's just a matter of time you're doing it. Yeah. He said the hardest part's over. It'll never be any harder than it's now. And, you know, you can deal with it now. You've been doing it. You know, anybody who tours knows that, you know, it has been much worse. No matter, you know, if it's your first year or your second year, you know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Excellent. Well, man, Joey, I appreciate you taking time out, dude. It was a pleasure meeting you, and I wish you guys nothing but the best, and safe travels, and hopefully we'll catch up with you when you roll through town again. Absolutely. I can't wait. Excellent. Thanks, Cheers. So there you have it, Joey Harkham, lead singer and guitarist for the band Pasadena. My sincere thanks to Joey for making time before Pasadena's headlining set at the Black Sheep to be on the show. Thank you to Jeremy and the fine folks at the Black Sheep for their continued support. And of course, thank you for listening to In the Springs. The In the Springs podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also follow In the Springs on Twitter at RPL underscore Metajunk. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the Springs. <laughs>